Hi there, this is Kent Roundy at USH Med Student back again with three students. Let's do some introductions. I'm Brandon, a fourth year medical student at Rocky Vesta. I'm Natalie, another fourth year medical student. And I'm Cam, I'm also a fourth year medical student. Uh, great to have the three of you here today. This is Brandon and Natalie's last day. You guys have been here about a month. We started with a plan of Brandon and Natalie each doing about a podcast a week and somehow we got lost along the way and have kind of, this has kind of morphed into how do you treat depression when it's not easy to treat it? Treatment resistant depression sometimes called, right? Right. So uh, we thought we'd have a little bit of a departure uh, from sort of the standard approach, which is to talk about medications, talk about treatments, and sort of have a scenario that we um, try to present in a way that might accentuate or, or point out the important principles we've talked about with the medications and how somebody might actually go about treatment of depression in, in a way that we think is fairly close to um, like the uh, Texas Medication Algorithm Project or other um, outlined steps for treatment of, of treatment-resistant depression. So let's start off. I'm Hi, I'm Kent, Dr. Trujillo. <laughs> and you know, I've been having some problems lately. I feel like I'm not myself. In fact, I think I might have depression. All right. Can you help me with that? Well, first, before we start, let's know what your uh, past medical history is, because it makes such a difference on what medications we can use. So I, I have high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I have had some depression in the past, but I've, I've never come into treat it. I'm pretty sure I do. Uh -huh. It runs in my family. Uh -huh. um, in fact, I have somebody that has bipolar disorder in my family as well. And um, right now, those are mostly the problems I have. My blood pressure is reasonably controlled. Um, it's right now 120 over 78, mm -hmm. as you guys checked it as I walked in the office. And I have an allergy to penicillin. All right. And you said you had depression in your family. Is that mm -hmm. who? Like father, mother? My father has depression. And is it controlled with anything? Um, you know, we, we don't really talk about it a lot. Uh -huh. But I'll see if I can find out. It's just that right now he's, um, um, well, he's um, a person that, like, he... he thinks he's like Indiana Jones and right now he's out of cell reach for at least the next couple of months. I, I don't really have a way to talk to him right now. It doesn't have internet. It's like a retreat sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I can't explain it. All right. Well, at this point, it would be smart to get a PHQ-9 to set a baseline, right? Okay. Um, also referral for uh, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Right? Is that something you would be willing to do? I don't know what cognitive behavioral Just therapy is. Spending time with a therapist and they can kind of help you process and manage your thoughts and whatnot. So I just have to go hang out with the therapist and I'll get better? It's one of the steps that we can use to help. It's not a guaranteed um, solution, but it's working towards a solution. So how do you know for sure if I have depression? Well... The PHQ-9, if you can get, well, what's the score on that? It's out of nine questions. Five. <laughs> There's also Siggy Caps. Yeah, Siggy Caps there. is the way for the shelves. But, yeah. you know, for clinics, so, they'll use PHQ-9. So were you going to ask me Siggy Caps? Yep. 
sleep, interest, guilt. How are those <laughs> going for you? <laughs> so, so um, to shorten this, my sleep, I wake up in the middle of the night a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel hopeless when I wake up, right? In fact, quite often I'm laying in bed and I just wish I was dead. Sometimes I've even thought about killing myself. I go to the store for sh- to shop. Sometimes I like I have the hardest time making it out of bed. When I finally have the energy to do it, I sit there. I stare at Jif. I stare at Peter Pan. There's like four cents difference between them. And honestly, I, I can't figure out which one to buy. I like Jif more. Peter Pan costs a little less. I'm stuck. I mean, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm just not making it, Doctor Truio. Okay. Appetite? Ah, just no appetite whatsoever. Hungry all the time, but just too lazy to go eat. Mm-hmm. But then I eat, and it just doesn't taste good, and I just stop when I actually finally get there. So I gave up on eating, even though I'm kind of hungry. I guess I missed it. Able to sleep or not? So sleeping I lay much. in bed all the time, uh-huh. but I don't feel like I'm sleeping. I definitely don't feel rested. I wake up in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. I lay awake. I worry. All right. Well, a first-line medication to try is you can choose from the classes of an SSRI, SNRI, um, or any typical like bupropion, metazapine, trazodone. A good one to try first is escitalopram. All right. So, Doc, first of all, what's this go hang out with a therapist? And second, what does escitalopram mean? It's the name of a medication. It's a common first-line medication for depression. Okay. Um, What can I expect for side effects? It can make you a little sleepy. Um, It's lost. (laughs) (laughs) Got a partner here to help you with that. I know that you've got a medical student standing by you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, escitalopram. Um, I think serotonin syndrome. Um, So wait a minute, this is going to kill me now? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so one of one of the real rare side effects would be serotonin syndrome. Um, you know, not taking any other medications that work on serotonin or cause issues with reuptake or, or metabolism of the medication. I think that we'll we'll be okay. One of the common side effects, from what I've read and heard, uh, are headaches. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get headaches sometimes taking this medication. I talked to my neighbor and he said that like it made it so that he couldn't enjoy sex very much. But then I talked to another neighbor and he said it kind of makes it so that he doesn't um, misfire too quickly. Sure. So one of the other indications for this medication is for premature ejaculation, uh, but it does cause a decrease in in sex drive in some of the patients that take it. So I'm not saying I I have that problem, but maybe that would be a a reasonable medication to start with. Sure, and you might even find some benefit from it, so we'll see. Okay, so so citalopram, and then... S-citalopram. S-citalopram, so is there another name for that? Uh, Is it Lexapro or Selexa? Selexa. Selexa. All right, but the other thing I was curious about, so you want to send me to a therapist, and they're going to talk to me about my thoughts. They're going to help me figure out whether my thoughts about, like, this depression stuff is, like, accurate or not, and look at those thoughts? Yeah, therapists can really help uh, an individual analyze how they think and how they feel. And, and one of the great advantages of it is it's, non, 
it's non-pharmaceutical, so there's not really a side effect to it other than it might not work and it takes a little bit of your time. Well, that seems like a cost, taking time. But I mean, as long as I know that and up front, right? Right. So how many times do I need to go see this therapist? Is this going to be the rest of my life? Yes. No, it's not going to be the rest of your life, but it could be for the duration of your depression plus some amount of time based off of how the depression course goes. My neighbor only went for about 14 weeks. Is that possible? Yeah. Good. Excellent. All right, so you're going to give me a prescription for citalopram. Escitalopram. Escitalopram, and you're going to send me to a therapist. Mm -hmm. When do I come back? Because I, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want this to keep going. Well, let's discuss how the medication is working for you in about six weeks. What about this suicide stuff, Doc? I heard that sometimes the antidepressants make people more suicidal. What do I do then? Then we can find a way to switch to a different medication, but always make sure to reach out when you're having those thoughts and we can have a, a more pointed discussion. Okay. So right now I have no plan to kill myself, but those thoughts worry me. Mm-hmm. All right. So back in six weeks? Come back in two weeks and we'll assess how you're doing. Okay. I'll come back in two weeks. I'll check in. I'll make sure I don't have those suicide thoughts. I'll go see a therapist and we'll see if this uh, citalopram's working. All right. Okay, so now we're going to cut to week six, mm -hmm. all right, and just the, the fill-in is that there hasn't been a, a worsening of suicidal thoughts. The antidepressant didn't show any changes at two weeks, and at four weeks, it was only a partial response. So I'm back at six weeks now, and Dr. Trujillo is out of the office, and Dr. Pratt is covering for him. So Dr. Pratt, you know that doctor that uh, was with me before, he seems like a really, really nice guy. I really like him. He's so sweet. Very nice. <laughs> a little cute, too. <laughs> a little cute, too. Rumor has it you two are engaged. Yeah, you got, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Pratt, he gave me citalopram, and it seems to help a little bit, right? So, so now I go to the store, and, and well, he also referred me for cognitive behavioral therapy. By the way, those thought records are pretty cool. Have you ever done those before? No. You actually write down your emotions and then you figure out what caused the emotions. And sometimes we have these thoughts that lead to emotions and they're just not even true, right? <laughs> I mean, they're just so wrong. And, and so I'm using my cognitive behavioral therapy skills. My therapist is awesome. We've talked about suicide. I don't feel like I'm as suicidal. It feels a lot better, but I gotta tell you, it still doesn't feel right. I, I don't really look forward to very much. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't wanna be dead anymore. Uh, but I still wake up in the night and I kind of think, yeah, you know, maybe life just isn't that great. It's just not really, maybe it's not worth it. I know I can't kill myself. I don't want to kill myself. I can go to the store and at least I can pick the peanut butter I like more. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just doesn't quite feel right. All right. What are we going to do now? So I'm glad that therapy is helping you out. And it sounds like the medication's working a little bit, but not to what you want. Yeah. So it sounds like we have a couple options. You could switch the medication. Mm -hmm. Or we could also augment this drug with another medication. So I feel like I've got like 50% better. Mm -hmm. 
do you switch if you have that benefit or do you add to it? Because I'm nervous. I don't really want to lose what I've got, but I got to have more. All right. Well, let's add to it since this one's working for you a little bit. Okay. Um, I think I've seen in your chart that you were having issues with sleep and appetite before. Yeah. Okay. So how about we try adding on mirtazapine? That will help you become sleepy and it'll also stimulate your appetite a little bit. So now I'm already a little bit overweight. I mentioned that. Oh, that's right. But but I haven't had a very good appetite. What happens if I like just start pigging out and, and really gain a lot of weight? Well, mirtazapine probably wouldn't be the best for you um, if you want to avoid weight gain. So maybe we shouldn't consider that drug in the first place. But again, I wouldn't mind sleeping and... and right. I don't know. I once heard somebody say, you're just dating the medication when you start it. You're not married to it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I'd be willing to try it, but I don't want to feel locked into it. Right. So it's definitely worth a try. If you've noticed symptoms that are bothering you, start to eat more. Um, just come back to the office in a couple of weeks and we'll see how it's working for you. All right. So follow up in two weeks is what you want. Mm -hmm. We're starting a new medication. Is this one of those things where I could have those suicide thoughts pop up again if, with the new medication? Uh, there's always a, the risk of increased suicidal thoughts. It's a black box warning for, I think, all um, antidepressants. Okay, so. you're speaking German, right? Black mm -hmm. boxed? Right. So it's a, it's a warning from the FDA that it could be a problem. So really important then. Mm-hmm. Okay. So look out for that. If you notice any new thoughts about suicide, just call us. Okay. And otherwise, check back in. Two weeks. Two weeks, okay. All right, we're going to cut to a month out. And um, at the last visit, we'll assume that you titrated the dose, that you're at the 45 milligram FDA approved dose. And I'm now meeting with Dr. Meekum. Dr. Meekum, I got to work with two other doctors over the last couple of months. They're amazing. I feel a ton better, but there's a little problem. And what's that? Well, I don't know. I hate to even talk about it because I feel so good, right? I'm sleeping through the night. I'm, I like even look forward to, to going to work. It's kind of crazy. Like I, I love doing things with my kids again. I used to like just stare at them and wish they'd go away. Um, I even thought that they'd be better off without me for a while, sure. right? It was, it was kind of scary. I didn't tell you guys how bad it was. Um, but I've gained 23 pounds in the last month, and I think that might be a problem. Yeah, so as I was reading over the note, uh, Dr. Pratt had mentioned that uh, we were gonna follow up on this uh, in, in uh, your appointment today, and 23 pounds over the past month is pretty significant. And so we know that it is a side effect of the mirtazapine that you started, and so I think we should maybe look into switching to another augmentation because we're getting the effects that we want, but it's uh, at the risk of maybe putting some other aspects of your health uh, at risk. And here's the thing that really worries me. I, I mean, even my blood pressure isn't where it was before. I think the weight had something to do with that. Yeah, most of the time we see that as we decrease our weight, our blood pressure comes down uh, fairly significantly. And, and your blood pressure over the past, well, for the past several months that you've come to see us has been well controlled, but today it was a bit elevated. So I would like to maybe discontinue or stop the mirtazapine. Um, and I think that for someone in your situation, I would worry maybe a little bit about your sleep schedule with this new medication. 
but I think that it would augment it, augment your your mental state really well. It's called bupropion or Wellbutrin. Okay. Have you ever heard of that medication? I have before? heard of that before. I was given that once before. Um, I used to smoke. Okay. A long time ago, right? And I was given Wellbutrin. It made cigarettes taste terrible. Yeah. It was amazing to help me stop smoking. Um, and and you know I didn't notice if it affected my mood at the time or not. Sure. Um, and but I I mean I think it'd be reasonable to try. Okay. So I'd like to try it. One thing is, is and I'm sure that Dr. Pratt and Dr. Trujillo had mentioned too that with a switch in these medications we want to be vigilant in looking for any new onset of suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts. So over the course of the next couple of weeks as you're trying this. Be, be attentive to those and definitely call us if you see a change in, in any of those thoughts. Anything else I need to watch out for with this medication? I My biggest concern would be your sleep schedule. So I would want to make sure that you're getting enough sleep at night if you're if you're you know having any issues that way. The other thing I'd be concerned about is, is uh, possibility of seizures. Um, most of the time that happens with people with like bulimia or anorexia or with a pre-existing seizure condition, do you, do you suffer from any of those things? No, no, it doesn't run in my family either. So, so I think that would be safe. Okay. By the way, I really like the therapist I'm working with. That's it fantastic. feels like it's making a huge difference. And I, I just, man, life is so much better. How many sessions have you completed so far? So I just finished my um, 14th session and um, my therapist uh, said that I probably don't need to go back after the next session that will make the, la the next one the last session and that I can always come back in the future if I want to but that I now know the things I need to know to be able to do cognitive behavioral therapy. Absolutely. So I, I was really happy when, when um, Dr. Trujillo told me that this was a time-limited therapy because I gotta tell you, I, I, I had a lot of anxiety about going to a therapist. All right, good job. Let's cut to um, the next follow-up. And um, I think uh, Dr. Trujillo, you're up again, right? Hi there, Dr. Trujillo. I am glad to see you again. That Dr. Meekum guy is really great, and that Dr. Pratt is really awesome. But you know that you were the first person that took time to talk to me about depression. It means a lot to me, and it's good to see you again. Thank you. So... <clears throat> I'm back because I just don't feel as good as I did on the Wellbutrin. And I'm wondering if there's something else we can do. Well, one thing we could try. Yes. One thing we could try instead of the Wellbutrin is the Trazodone. Trazodone um, is another atypical antipsychotic, just as the Mirtazbine and Bupropion Wellbutrin that you tried. But it's known um, particularly well for its effect on sleep. Yeah, so I didn't sleep as well with the with the. You guys call it bupropion, but everybody else calls it Wellbutrin. Yeah. So I didn't sleep as well with that, and I also noticed that you know if I was waking up in the middle of the night, some of those thoughts about just not caring if I you know like life just wasn't worth it kind of thoughts, they weren't as bad. But I didn't feel as good as I did on the on the mirtazapine. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, trazodone might be a good alternative to the mirtazapine. It'll, it works similarly and seems to have a similar effect, but doesn't quite have the same effect on appetite as mirtazapine does. So that would be a good one to try. I like that. And it's like the closest thing to mirtazapine you can think of then. Yes, sir. All right. Anything I need to watch out for this? Because you guys, you know, sometimes I'm talking to you guys and you guys scare me, right? <laughs> Who was it that told, was it you that told me about serotonin syndrome? I thought I was going to die right there. <laughs> Anything else that I need to watch out for with trazodone? Trazodone is associated with priapism. So. Is that good or bad? That's bad. It's uh, painful erections. So. Oh wait a minute! Like the stuff you see with the with the Viagra commercials, right? So what's the chance that like it would permanently damage my penis? Because I I kind of I mean, Doc, I don't want to sound inappropriate or anything, but it, it's a good part of my life. You know, now that my now that I feel better, I'm I'm intimate with my wife more often. That relationship is better. I, I don't want to mess that up. Yeah. What, what is it they say in the commercials? If it lasts longer than four hours, go see a medical physician. <laughs> so, so if I have an erection for more than four hours or anything that hurts, I go to the emergency room. Right. Then what do they do? If I show up at the emergency room with an erection, I mean, then what happens? So uh, I'll, I'll consult with you here really quick, uh, Dr. Trujillo. So what ends up happening is that... Um, the issue is is that the blood in your penis could clot and it could kill all the tissue and so the fastest and most effective way of being able to take care of it would be to actually drain it uh, so they would numb you up a little bit and uh, drain the blood from your penis and and uh, it can be a little bit uncomfortable so definitely be something to watch out for. Now when you say a little bit uncomfortable have you had this happen to you before? I have never had this happen but I've performed the procedure. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess you just got off an EM sub, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, oh my goodness. okay, that scares me a little <laughs> bit, but if this is the closest thing to mirtazapine, then I'll go ahead and start it, all right? But if I have any problems, I'm calling you immediately, okay? Right. Can I have your cell number? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The answer is I'll Come give on, you man. the emergency number to the <laughs> clinic. I don't know how many doctors I've seen give out their cell number, though. It's, it's so common. It is, but I think there are certain circumstances where that happens. And, and in a case like this, the issue isn't about wanting to be there, because clearly you would. Uh -huh. The issue is if you're not on call, you might not be by your phone, and that's an emergency you want handled immediately. Uh -huh. You don't want to delay in that. So that's, that's the thinking I would have about it, right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that there's a, an open pathway to communication. Um, so uh, let's see, back in a month, let's pick this back up and uh, let's see Dr. Pratt. So Dr. Pratt, it feels like I'm like 97% of the way there. Okay. I kind of like where I'm at. I'm sleeping through the night. I have a little bit of a hangover effect in the morning from the sleepiness. But you know, if I just get up and I have a good cold Diet Coke, I feel pretty good. I'm not sure there's a reason to change anything. But I am wondering, like, if I decide this isn't quite right, if it starts to fade away, what's next? What would I, what would I be thinking about if, if like, because I'm worried about it, right? Right. I worry that, that this is good right now. I didn't have to go to the emergency room and have a needle jammed in, you know, like scary parts of my body or anything like that. I'm sleeping right. I'm, I'm happy. 
my family's happy. They were so miserable before, right? I made everybody's life more challenging and I didn't want to do that. I felt so guilty about that. I just wanted to feel better. So, so I guess I'm just saying, like, I don't want to change this, but, but what if this doesn't work? I mean, are we at the end of the road? Well, lucky for you, you have lots of options. So if this doesn't work out for you, there are so many different, different lines of treatments we can try. Uh -huh. So for example, if you want to switch from what you're currently taking, we could try a group of, a group of drugs called tricyclics. Um, augment what you already are taking with those. We could also try antipsychotics and MAOIs. Okay, now hold on. Antipsychotics, I'm not hearing voices. Right, so antipsychotics um, can also be indicated for treatment-resistant depression from the FDA. So, so, so you mean the FDA has said it's okay to use them for depression? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, I got it now. I mean, I don't want to act like I don't know this stuff, but I didn't go to medical school like you guys, right? Well, I don't know the same words so. you guys are. <laughs> Um, all right, so there are more choices. So, like you said, tricyclics. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start with tricyclics if they're used like later in the process for people that don't get depressed? So tricyclics are actually on. really effective at treating depression. However, they have a what we call a narrow window of a therapeutic index. Yeah, um, so it means it's kind of dangerous to get to the right level. Um, it will be great, but if we go just above the recommended dose of what you need, you could hurt yourself or even die. So, uh, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> why is it you guys always have to talk about me dying when I'm in here? <laughs> like, first of all, it's serotonin syndrome, <laughs> then it's like, I don't know, parapilo or something <laughs> like that, and I didn't like that. And then, man, it's just like always dying here. But it seems like, generally speaking, this has gone pretty well. So, I really appreciate that. You, Dr. Trujillo, and Dr. Meekham have been here to kind of help me through it. Because I feel better, right? I'm back at work. I think I didn't tell you this, but I was having a tough time getting to work. I didn't like being there. I didn't like going home. I didn't like waking up. I didn't like going to bed. Everything was pretty tough. And you know what? My life is a lot better now, and I really appreciate that. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> All right, guys, well done. Let's stop there, shall we? Any takeaways from the process? Um, well, I'm just glad there's so many options. I actually didn't know about this before, a little podcast series, so it's kind of nice going into it and seeing all the different routes we can take. I think it's easy to give up, and I think even as a psychiatrist, as an early career psychiatrist, I didn't feel comfortable that I had so many pathways that I could walk down to try and provide better solutions to people. I felt like once I had used an SSRI and augmented it or switched to an SNRI and augmented it with either mirtazapine or Wellbutrin, I feel like I'd kind of run out of options. Right. But I think the reality is that if you're desperate, there are a lot of other choices. The, the other takeaway I would add is that we didn't really talk about two or three treatments that could also be used in this setting that are not pills, right? We've talked more about the kind of pill approach that maybe a, a primary care physician might work or use, but ECT, vagal nerve stimulators, ketamine, this is a new treatment. I think these are largely going to be through uh, psychiatrists. Mm -hmm. But if you take a patient out to you know, fourth line treatment, you're really going to do a lot of care for that person that maybe even a psychiatrist wouldn't do. Yeah. Um, I think ECT is fifth line after 
you know, everything and their augmentations and even MIOIs and lithium and yeah. you're get you're getting in the weeds now. And I feel like just from uh, my cursory approach and from board study, that's classically either elderly patients or older patients that are just not eating, refusing to eat, um, and I think even uh, like acutely suicidal. It's one of yep. those like last ditch efforts, but it's also shown to be incredibly effective and it doesn't... Uh, it's not like what we see in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and things like that. No, no, it's very different than that, isn't it? I think the other place we see it is um, at least the test, the principles that were tested in the past when I was taking tests were about safety in pregnancy with ECT, right? Yeah. It's a very, very safe treatment for a fetus. For sure. So, um, I also like that we started off this podcast with psychotherapy, so cognitive behavioral therapy. And uh, I, I really like the way that you included that in the first options. Well done. Other take-homes? Uh, just to, to add that the, with the CBT and therapy, um, several questions I remember going through in preparation for the shelf exam as well as for STEP, that C, uh, CBT is classically the correct answer. So I wouldn't, if you see it in the answer choices, I definitely wouldn't shy away from that uh, for sure. I see a lot of nods. It sounds like it's a commonly tested principle that CBT is a great treatment for. This is never a wrong answer. You yeah. see it. <laughs> never a wrong answer. That's interesting. That's true because it's not really, I mean, we put confounders in the medications quite often, right? Mm -hmm. And there are medications that are close to each other that might make it difficult to choose between. But it's not like there's, it's not like you guys are going to be tested on 17 different kinds of psychotherapies that can be used. Mm -hmm. You need to know CBT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guys, great job, and that uh, almost ends your your rotation. We need to do some evaluations next. Um, any suggestions for students that might show up here or that are here? Uh, just have fun. Yeah, embrace the rotation. It's a really good one. You'll see things that you don't have opportunities to see elsewhere, so enjoy what you have. Uh, just to echo that, I still... Um, come back to my first rotation here in thought uh, in different pathologies and, and different uh, elements of psychiatry. I've used all of the information I learned here in, in a variety of different settings. So definitely lean into the rotation and enjoy it. I like that, lean in. Guys, uh, again, wonderful rotation on your part, Cam. Glad to have you back and uh, thanks for all that you did on this series. Uh, I really appreciate it, Brandon. You did a great job. Thank you. On that note, team out. Team, team out. out.